Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends, post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram, and tag me and my guests. I'm at MetalMaryZ on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and of course, follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Voice Hacks podcast. Today, I have it's my absolute pleasure to have on legendary vocalist Robin McCauley. You've heard his voice with the McCauley Shanker Group. We've heard his voice with Survivor, Black Swan. And now we've got a solo album coming out. Welcome, Robin. It's so lovely to have you. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm just absolutely stoked. You're a fantastic vocalist. So is this your first solo album that just came out on the 17th? There are those who will tell me it's my third. Uh, for me, it's officially my second. Okay. Um, back in, oh God, 99, pre-Survivor. Well, actually, uh, 94, dear God. I co-wrote and uh, worked on a, a bunch of songs with Frankie Sullivan, Survivor. And, and another writer called Kurt Como. The whole idea was, you know, shop it, sell it, see who's interested. It was right at the end of the sort of the classic rock period when all the 80s bands were going, okay, you're done, cut your hair and go home and go out into the uh, past. Yeah. All that time, right? Anyway, um, alternative, all of that sort of stuff, grunge. And um, we couldn't give it away. And in 99, uh, a Japanese label decided that they would like to take it on. And then Frankie said, forget us shopping a deal, just release it as a solo record. So it came out as business as usual, which people goes, oh my God, you released business as usual in 99 and in 1920, uh, 2021, you released your second one. What took you so long? <laughs> and uh, well, here we are in... 2023 and the official second one will drop on February 17th. Wow. So, I don't know if that so explains cool. everything, but there you have it. No, that's cool. So what sort of prompted you to do that? You've done a lot of vocal work with some legendary musicians. Um, did you just decide it was time for you to put out another one or a time for you or that you were ready to do it? Was there any particular impetus? None, that... of, none of the above, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a call from uh, Serafina Perugino over at uh, Frontiers and he goes, oh my God, I've been a big fan of yours for so many years. I'd love you to do a solo record, a solo record for the label. And I wow. said, oh, you don't want to hear a solo record from me. I wouldn't know what to do. I really have no interest in doing it. Um, he goes, oh, come on. It would be great. Just And I said, what would I do? And he goes, give me you. And I'm going, well, that's kind of boring, you know. So um, I don't like really like going solo and working alone. And I like the security of a band around me. And so we kind of shelved it um, because I wasn't exactly chomping at the bit to do it mm -hmm. and very soon afterwards well maybe six months or a year afterwards I get a call from Jeff Pilsen and Jeff said hey so I know Perugino was talking to you about doing a solo record so now I have this challenge to put together a super group for him and you're my first choice of singer and he said you know we've known each other for a hundred years uh, he said, so please don't say no, because I really want you to do this. <laughs> I, already, I already spoke to Red Beach, and Red Beach is totally down to do it, and it's dying to get together and work together, and yada, yada. And I said, so are you playing bass? And he goes, oh, no, I'm not playing bass. Um, I'll be more on the production level, co-writing, that sort of stuff. And I went, well, no, I don't want to do it. If you play bass, I'll do it. <laughs> and... Um, that was for so that was like the development that was for, that, of that's Black for Swan. what would become Black Swan. Yeah, and yeah. Black right? Swan has an incredible lineup, right? Thank so, you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Reb Beach and uh, what what Jim a legend. Thompson and Matt Star, yeah. 
and Matt Starr. What a great group of uh, performers. How is yeah. how is the Black Swan uh, material a little bit different than the Robin McCauley solo material? And because there's no Red Beats, no Jeff Tilson, and no Matt Starr. <laughs> <laughs> different people. Um, yeah. um, it's a completely different. Um, it's a it's a different animal. I love I love Black Swan. You know, we did the Shake the World, the first one. We did Generation Mind. Absolutely floored with the great response that we've had. Once Shake the World had come out, Frontiers came back knocking on my door, and they said, "Well." You know, it would be a really good idea to keep the momentum going now and you to record that solo album that you've been <laughs> refusing to do. <laughs> so my only way to approach it really was to to sort of delve back into what I had done and who I had worked with. And that's kind of how I set it up. I went back into some of the Survivor co-writers, I, um, some of my old Grand Prix guys from the UK back when. Um, and, and that sort of stuff. And I put together an album and everybody just seemed to love it. And they went, what took you so long? And I thought this is just going to get floored. Nobody will listen to this. But people were surprisingly taken by it and liked yeah. it. And second Black Swan record came out and then I went straight back into doing this solo record and talked to uh, Alessandro Vecchio, who produces and engineers this one as well yeah and I said we need we need we need a little more edgy on this one and now that we put the first one to rest we can go forward and 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 start uh, you know pushing the envelope it, it, bit, just yeah. get, just getting this one going with a little more edge a bunch of different new songwriters um connected with Alessandro and a couple of the guys I worked with on the first one out of Sweden and um I love the results. I think it's great. The first video, uh, Feel Like Hell, where did you film that at? Yeah, actually, the first video was actually the title track, Alive. Oh, sorry. I thought I, I made the mistake of thinking Feel Like Hell was the first video. Yeah, Alive was the first one we shot okay. in this great warehouse, uh, sort of on the eastern side of downtown L.A. Yeah. Um, and then Feel Like Hell was the second one, came out just last week, I think. And um, we shot that very late at night. On, on the streets of Hollywood in a uh, in a uh, cold and sort of uh, <laughs> kind of dodgy area. But, but the, that's the areas that look good in music videos. <laughs> the, lighting, the lighting was was the lighting was awesome. You just couldn't build such a set because we had all of the fire trucks. We had the all the paramedics up and down the street. We had the right kind of dog just walk into the set, and we had these alleys that have all this great graffiti on it and the, that sort of dodgy lighting. And we went, this is just perfect. And it, it, was, perfect. it looks great. we froze our asses off. <laughs> <laughs> we were up there on from, I think, 7.30 till just after midnight or something. The funny thing is, right at the very, very last shot, um, it was just myself, the cameraman, um, a makeup artist and photographer. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, the photographer Enzo Masio uh, works with Frontiers a lot, and he's amazing because we just conjured up all of this stuff together. And the lighting just—it was—it was the perfect time. Everybody was going, "Oh, this will be the Christmas video I'll never forget," because it was like I think two weeks, be one week before Christmas, yeah. right? And and um, just as we were about to, actually, we were shooting the very last sequence, and the cameraman. Eric Bordello was right behind me and he goes, oh, say so, I need you to very sharply turn around, take a look at me and just move at a fast pace. So I'm belting up the street at midnight, right? And I'm wearing these particular type of shoes. So I did this little pirouette thing so I could swing around and look at him, except there was no give on my shoes on oh, the no. concrete. My, oh, my, no. shoes, my shoes would not move. And what did I hear? I heard, he goes, shit, are you okay? As I'm about to take a face plant on Hollywood Boulevard. And he goes, what just happened? And I said, I think I just busted my knee. <laughs> oh my God. I swear, no. I swear. I'm big, because I'm like this and I'm going. And if and my shoes move, I could. Yeah. So the shoes, my feet, my feet didn't move, but my knee decided to go, I gotcha. <laughs> And I swear to God, I, I uh, all the way through Christmas, up until maybe a week ago, 
I was just limping around the place going, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, right? The and we I went, do but we never, but we never got it in the video. We did not get that in the video. No, I don't. I didn't see. You didn't look like you were like limping or anything in the video. No, it was right at the end. It was yeah. one, one, yeah. right at the end. And I'm going, oh boy. And he goes, ah, shit, I missed it. Oh my God. You're like, I, know, right? I don't want that. I the video. Anyway, they, it was, it was a blast. It was, it was really that a lot. So you know, it, it suited, it suited the video. And we got all of the extras in there that we normally wouldn't be able to get. And it just was perfect. We had a blast. Yeah, I think it's a great looking video. Mostly, Thank you. You know, they call it a mini movie. You know, it's like mm -hmm. this little fight with my alter ego, you know, you know, yes, <laughs> chasing, I like chasing, that. Myself, chasing myself up and down Hollywood. Boulevard. It was very clever, though. It's clever. I think it is great, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's great. The colors are awesome. And it's like, yeah, we're um, Enzo called me and he goes, you know, I do a lot of work for Frontiers. I think this is my favorite of all the favorites. He goes, this one is really good. It's and, you really know, I nice. Come, I come to him and I have the most ridiculous, wacky ideas. And I'm going, dude, do you think we could do something like this? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, if it's different and because it's you, I know it's going to be different. Let's do it. <laughs> That's so cool. That's right? Nice. And I love that. I love it. It's just fun. It's That's fun. what you need as an artist, though. I mean, you have to have other people on your team, uh, on your creative team that can help yeah. you achieve the vision, right? Yeah, so. you know, I've been really lucky because on uh, on on the Black Swan stuff, Jeff and Reb have a tendency to say, dude, deal with the artist. You deal with it, you come up with the ideas and just run it by us on occasion and we'll tell you if we like it or not. Right, right. And then uh, this wonderful... Uh, graphic artist uh, Stan Decker that works on the Black Swan stuff and then for my stuff they introduced me to this guy called Nello Del Omo who did Standing on the Edge and now he just did Alive and I throw all of this stuff at him and he goes oh my god I love this <laughs> and, then, and I give him my ideas we work through it and he does a great job you know I love I love vampires and Frankensteins and all of that sort of stuff. So how could you go wrong? You can't go wrong. I mean, that's metal. That's rock. And that's just like, yes. Yeah. You know, your vocals sound incredible. And, Thank you. You know, you know the, the, this is a podcast all about vocalists. Thank and you. they sound fantastic. I was just wondering, is there something that you've done over the years? Is there a method to your madness? Do you, do you have any lifestyle restrictions? I mean, I get really surprising answers to this from vocalists from the extreme of doing nothing to maintain their voice to in a very extreme routine to maintain their voice. Do you have anything that you do? I suppose if I said no, I'd be telling a lie, but I've been doing the same thing for so long that it just comes natural to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really have to think about it too much. Um, there was a time I, I, I would honestly used to think that before going on stage, if I took a shot of whiskey or something, that this was going to be really good for my voice. It, yeah. was, not, it was not really good for my voice. <laughs> it was not. It was not. Um, because alcohol is very constricting to the vocal cords, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I try to stay off coffee because it dries you up. I, I, I fail miserably because I usually have a cup of coffee somewhere before I go on stage. Oh, ditto. Um, but but I, I I make it last, so it's not, you know, I don't, I don't chug it or anything like that. Alcohol is strictly out. If I tour for a day or I tour for six months, alcohol is out. That's just the way it is. I've never smoked in my life, so wow. that's not a factor. But that said, I cannot stand being around a smoky atmosphere. It's, ah. it's, it's public enemy number one for me. So that freaks me out beyond words. I, I I'm... It's just so bad. I'm I'm really extreme when it comes to smoke. I mean, really extreme. So if Do I see somebody smoking, is fog machines also included in that? Are um, you kind of um, okay? So that's an excellent point. Um, if I see fog, I'm straight to the tour manager or whoever is the production manager at the time, and I will take it to again extremes to find out and make sure. It's water-based. Has to I be. See. Has yeah. to be. If if it's illegal to use oil, like they used to do, mm -hmm. because I had the experience of uh, 
walking on stage in front of the record company at the time in the Macaulay Shanker days. And I think I got to about three songs and I started to sing the next one and there was nothing, everything just disappeared. And I'm going, the hell just happened. I, I couldn't even speak. I mean, there was nothing. Oh my God. I mean, there was nothing. And, and I battled through the rest of the show and I have no idea. I think it was Philadelphia. I think it was a Prince's club actually. In in oh in yeah, Minneapolis in, in, yeah Minneapolis First Avenue yeah I think it was mm -hmm. the club he had there and um, it freaked me out because oil coats the vocal cords yeah. coats the back of your throat not only that but it coats any naked instruments that are on stage <laughs> oh know? absolutely oh it's everything it coats everything so um I learned a lot at that time and so going forward. Um, I would go, okay, this doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. So, and I don't like, you know, I don't send out a writer of going, you can't do this. I don't do anything like that. I'm not that kind of person, but I take care me. So you have to, Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm always telling my vocal students, like the reality is, is that nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna look out for your voice, but you, I mean, to be honest, so you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and I hate long sound checks. And if you work with, if you work with Michael Schenker, sound, sound check is about <laughs> as long as the entire show. <laughs> and for a vocalist, see, that's different for an instrumentalist. Like I get from his perspective, that's all fine and good. But for a vocalist, right. And it's not like, all fine and dandy. Yeah, this is running the marathon before you run the marathon. Yeah. You, you, you can't yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. it's the last thing I need to be doing. And I mean, I, I, I like to get my ears set up and, and make sure that, you know, I'm comfortable and I got my levels and I got enough of everybody. Uh, and then I'm done. I don't need to be there all day. I've, I know the song. I've learned them you know I'm not, I don't need I don't need to rehearse yes. during sound check right <laughs> and and uh for the vocalist a lot of knowing the songs is mental you know you do a lot of mental work oh. and you can then you can memorize it without like physically singing it every time yeah. I guess you know it's yeah. a little different yeah. yeah um so those are the things I do nothing magic when I don't have to speak I don't I okay. speak very quietly um usually um, I do my warm ups. I do my warm downs. Um, so what kind of you talking about warm ups? So obviously you're you're um, making sure that that isn't too long. What kind of yeah. things are you doing in a warm up? For oh, tour? it's you know I, I you know you can cup your hands. You can sing into your hands. You can create this great little oh. sound in your hands, which is great. Or I'll stand in a corner. I'll stand in a corner and I'll sing very very quietly, like like the usually all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, people are going, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do my scales um, quietly. That's the secret to warm-ups. You're not supposed to be, well, I yeah, learned, very you, don't, important. You, you don't blast it out. You don't need to blast it out. Um, and you try, of course, to keep everything away from here, you know, and not make it scratchy. Warm waters is good. Um, gargle with warm water. It's a silly little stuff. Um, do you have anything on stage? Uh like, do you bring warm water on stage? Is that your beverage? Or, or I have I have warm water and then I have room temperature and that's it. Yes. That, mm -hmm. That's all. No, nothing more ever. That's yeah. cool. No, nothing with citrus, nothing like that. No. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's not uh, it's not all magic. There is a lot of natural, just like an athlete. You know, there's a degree of natural ability it, and that degree can vary depending on the person. But when you really get down and talk to people and when I'm interviewing people, even people who uh say they don't care when you get to talking to them they really do and there's stuff they're doing like that that seems small and simple but it is all a part of a the, i think the biggest thing you mentioned is just not having been a smoker i mean that's a huge thing um i see a lot of people with smokers edema and stuff and um even very young people it, it, it like who gets it and who doesn't is kind of an anomaly yeah. But you could be 25 and have not smoked for very long and get it. That happened to Miley Cyrus, you know. So yeah. I think it's a big, uh, you know, I think that's a big factor that you mentioned. Yeah, and how you cough, you know, there's, <laughs> there's certain ways, you know, you don't bark, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know, just to clear it, you don't, you don't hack it out, you know. It's because you're damaging. And whispering, as, as a vocal coach, whis whispering can be more or as damaging as, as just full-on conversation, you know, because you are using the the muscles back there. And, and you know, I remember very early on, uh, 
one of my vocal coaches used to say, he goes, so imagine you're playing a piano and imagine you're just hitting that one note all day and that's all you're doing. And he goes, so look at the tip of your finger <laughs> after several hours, just hammering on that one note or think of the, 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 the hammers on the piano. It's like, Constantly like over and he goes, over. so now pretend that those are vocal cords <laughs> and he gets sooner or later that gap there's, there's no oxygen there's no air rather and 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 now you have to push to get that air through there and the more you push the more inflammation you get and of course you get hoarse and ah it's so boring being a singer <laughs> oh i know i think this is about the 20th conversation i've had where we're always like oh yeah being a singer if you take it seriously on tour is no fun like <laughs> it's the least yeah. Yeah. Fun job. I noticed that you come up and play sometimes in the rock vault. Which yeah, is well, I was there, I was there for seven years and almost almost fifteen hundred shows at oh, five. Wow, at, at so, five nights a week. So yeah, you did the grind. Yeah, because when I first set up this interview, I was like, well, if he lives in town, let's do it in person so I can get the good audio. Because almost no one lives in town, but he was like, oh, yeah. he lives in L.A. I'm like, well, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I worked Rock Vault, obviously I used to stay there for the purpose of the show, but I still came back home two days a week, my, my two days off. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about that. Being in a show like Raiding the Rock Vault is, as opposed to it is the grind of a tour in the sense that you're doing it every day. Is it more than one show every day? Uh, for us, it was always one show, but we started we started um, at two hours, 40 minutes. And you know how Vegas is. Then they went, nah, you can't play for two hours, 40 minutes. So then we managed to get it down to, in the beginning, to two hours. Um, and then they insisted, no, 90 minutes is your standard Vegas show. So you just got to cut so much out of there. Wow. Um, yeah. Our, the, the, the very beginnings of Rock Vault was, was huge. I mean, we had so much extra going on, vignettes on the stage, left and right. Um, the beginning of the show, several of us used to don uh, um, um, has, hazmat uniforms. <laughs> Because the rock vault was was supposedly a time capsule. Oh, I see. So yeah. the entire stage was covered in camouflage, and we were like these wacky scientists that just landed on a planet and stumbled across. There it is! Oh my God, there it is! And we would stumble across all the time capsule, and once we would pull all the camouflage off everything, the entire stage would be revealed. The time capsule the vault itself would be revealed and we'd managed to get the door open. And of course there was all of this smoke and green stuff. And right there in the middle was a flying V and it was like, so cool. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. And, and of course we would have lots of old records pulling out of there, which segued into all of the different uh, time periods in the show. Oh, and the neat. door would open and we would step out to do our, our 60s. We would step out to do our 70s, our 80s, our 90s. And that's what we would all come through the vault like we came through the time capsule back into current time and go, hey, do you remember this? Yeah. That is so rad. It's a really cool show. And it's got an amazing lineup, like rotating lineup of uh, yeah. some, some of my yeah. favorite legendary musicians and, and, and vocalists and it's really cool that you got to do that. And I was curious, you know, in Vegas, there are, are vocal challenges, right? It's dry, as, it's dry as hell here. Yes, and um, smoke, right? Which is the only place you can really smoke anymore. Uh, yeah. Did you do anything special to manage your voice up here? I'm like addicted to the humidifier, but. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would sleep with the humidifier, unless my wife was next to me, but I would sleep, <laughs> I would sleep with my humidifier. Um, I also use a facial uh humidifier oh nice um so it's for steam basically mostly facial steamer um i absolutely swear by that that travels everywhere with me yeah those are great um, and that's a that's really big good because it really opens everything up um i would uh i would walk up to about an hour and a half every single day mm -hmm. so i'd be out in the park every morning smoke free um and of course there was no smoking in the theater yeah was, of course there, which was awesome is, yeah you can't smoke in the theater yeah that's yeah but good. we would come out always um 
after the shows for meet and greets and signings. And of course, you know, people would come down the line. Oh, that was a great show. And I just, they're just like, you know, and, and some and from people want to do a photo with you and they're smoking. And I'm going, I, I, I can't do this. I just, yeah. I, I, it's, it freaks me out. I know, I know I'm making a big deal out of this, but if you knew me that well, freaks me out. You know that, but it, but as a vocalist, as a career vocalist, this is your life's work. This is your yeah. instrument. You know, you can't. Um, uh, uh, Matt Barlow said in an interview, the guy who who used to sing for Iced Earth, he said like, you can't go out and pour beer and cigarettes on your guitar. You know, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the same deal. You know, I'll tell you. You know, fast forward into into sort of, you know, pandemic period and just post pandemic when we started touring again i did in the last couple of years extensive tours of europe with 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 mike Schenker, and so we decided obviously like most bands did we stay in the bubble um no backstage no meet and greets none of that sort of stuff would go on and as soon as we would leave the bus into the venue we'd wear our masks and so Ah. Um, so more times than off, you'd have 50, 60, 100 people at a venue at like eight o'clock in the morning when the bus would roll in mm -hmm. um, already wanting to meet you. And we were dying to meet them. And, you you know, they go, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. Finally, finally, finally. And can I do a photo with you? And would you mind just lowering your mask while I take the photo? <laughs> Oh my and I'm god! Going, I'm going. I'm going. You're like, what's oh, the point? Dear. Oh dear, what is the? <laughs> so you go, you go through all of these protocols, and somebody says, "Can I just?" <laughs> no. It's like that will defeat everything you just did. But but that's what you're. That's what you, and and then you have to do it in 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 a in a way that you don't offend a fan, you yeah. know, and and um. How do you tell them behind the you know, the band behind the mask? I'm doing this for you as well as myself. <laughs> well, it's hard. I think people don't understand. It's hard for one reason. I love doing this podcast is we really get to hear the artist perspective, the vocalist perspective, like deeply, not just on the what's on the record. You know, like the practice, yeah. the art of yeah. vocals, and your perspective on like what you have to deal with and why you're doing some of those things. And then I think that helps create a better relationship with artists and musicians. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, not artists, musicians and fans, because yeah. they understand more of like why you would say something like that and are, are going to be less likely to get pissed. But if, you know, if we're never talking about it, they don't know. And there are other things you hear like that, too, for example. Um, and you have to be like that. This is your instrument. You get one of them. Like, that's it. And people don't understand, too, if you get sick, respiratory illnesses for a vocalist. Um, like the vocalist of Cinderella, for example, yes. this poor guy who he, um, there yeah. was nothing, Tom. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with his voice, but then he had a bad flu in, uh, like the early two thousands and he got like yes. a partially paralyzed vocal fold. And this is way more common than people realize. If you get a yeah. bad enough flu, you can get a, a par paralyzed vocal fold. Yeah. Well, you know, um, um, I, uh, I also care. And, and I talk to people about it and have talked and continue to do so. Mm. And and I'm one of those, you know, I'm, I'm fiercely, <laughs> I'm fiercely proud in terms of, of if I go to a concert, mm -hmm. if I go to a concert, I want to see a good show. I want to hear the songs that I like performed like I remember them. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right? that's, that's how I am. I, I don't want a version. Don't give me some shitty version that you think I'm going to like, I'm not going to like it. I want to hear the song like it was recorded. That's what I, you know, I, I want that. And, yeah. and, and I've always said to guys I work with just in, in, you know, trivial conversation, I said, you know, I see a lot from stage, more than people think, you know? And I said, what would really upset me is the whispering. Shoot, doesn't anybody tell that guy? It's done, he's done. Right. Oh, and right. Going, yeah. So I, I think I, I always am very concerned about that sort of element of dignity in what you do. And of course, as you get older now, you know, what am I going to be out there just jumping around people going, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing watching this guy doing that. <laughs> and so I care about stuff like that. So that's not just with the singing, but with, with the, the performance and what goes along with the 
with with what you're projecting off stage all of that comes together with me and it's very very important that what you see has to be solid um convincing and it just has to be good it has to be good no excuses none of this oh guy's voice is not like it used to be it, then it's time to go there's too many yes. and i say this with all the love in my heart there's too many singers who continue to walk out there yeah. and they're just not cutting it and yeah i suppose i suppose i i, I would like to ask the question do they think they're cutting it? I don't know. Or, or yeah, because like, why do you want to be they, the guy yeah. that gets memed? You know, like, do, how many yeah. times do you want to endure that? You know, I, or, or 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 do they just not care? Or is it is it? Money. I, mean, I admire the fact that they continue to perform. Of course, of course, of course. That's not the point. Point is 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 how are you performing? And doing but, a dignity, you know, like the like. That, so the and I always came. say that, and people go, "What's dignity got to do with it, dude?" And I'm going, "It has everything to do with it, everything." On you know, I'm looking that, at you. I'm looking at you. What I see is not very dignified. <laughs> and on top of that, you made the biggest point of all. These people paid to come see a show, and some of these legacy artists, it's an expensive. And one point that some of my performer friends, you know, some of the more local performers here in Vegas. Um, have said to me is okay this might have been Vegas shows are expensive so yes. it maybe cost them 150 bucks for the lowest ticket so yeah. then yeah. you know if the guy is up there and he can't remember the words and he's drunk and he can't stand I mean for some of these people that's all the money they can afford to spend on that vacation this year you know you gotta yeah. think of it like that it might be <clears> every <throat> day for you but it's not for them yeah yeah but you know this I, I'm sure you're very aware, but there's been so many, um, so many uh, bad reviews about bands, um, you know, using backing tracks. There's so many mm. reviews about about bands using backing tracks, and the singer comes out and he still can't do it. You know, even with the end <laughs> of the backing track. And there's so many reviews of singers coming out and actually using um, 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 monitors so that they can remember the lyrics of their songs. And I'm going. Really? <laughs> have we have we reached that? I mean, I know several people that do. I know several people that do. Um, I don't. Just so you know, I don't. Um, and if I have to at some point, I'm not going. I'm going to say I'm done. See ya. Well, I mean, that's where it goes. Like even in uh, I, I I do metal, but I started off in classical because yeah. you know, that's just where you have to start. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's like that's the only choice. But um, the thing about it is, is even there they were saying about how if you uh um keep your voice in shape you know because we were already seeing people like leontine price and some of these really legacy opera singers sing well into their 70s well very late in life and sound indistinguishable from when they were younger yeah and so what we were always taught over there is like well, you know, as long the voice doesn't really age as long as you're using it, number one, because like it does age and stiffen if you if you're not a singer. But if you're a singer and you just keep using it, it doesn't appear to age. You know, as long as you excellent point live a excellent good lifestyle. Point. Excellent point. And you know, not to digress, but but um, <clears throat> so I um I've had the enormous pleasure in the last six months. Of um, and you didn't ask this question, but I'm just I'm just no, I love yeah. it. Lead, lead. So so yeah. um, uh, in the last six months, I was introduced to uh, an Italian composer, Max Di Carlo, right? And so he writes um, sound bites mostly and movie soundtracks. Uh, he works a lot for Netflix, HBO, and so he had all of these compositions, and he wanted a singer a sort of rock singer and I'm, I can't remember exactly oh I know yeah an, a manager person he goes hey I've got this friend Max DiCarlo and I think you'd be perfect to go meet him and I think he'd love your voice I think you're going to love his compositions and he wants to see what you would make of the whole thing can you write a lyric can you write a melody to it and it started off because there was a uh, there was a big company that needed uh, for their conferences they needed um, they needed a song to introduce them and so I got the music from Max and I'm going oh, shit you know 
I, I have no idea what to do with this. You know, it's all big, epic, symphonic stuff. And I'm going, oh, yeah. now I'm lost. Okay. And then I sat with it and then I suddenly went, bump. And out it came and I did a quick demo, sent it back to you. And he goes, you are fucking great. (laughs) 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 All right. And Max and I are about eight or nine songs deep. Um, He's already started sending stuff out to to the movie uh, industry. And so this is stuff that's going to get like film placed. Oh my God. I am yeah. so, I am, I am, I'm almost more stoked about this than I am for everything else I've ever done because I, I love to push into it. I love different directions, you know, and, and, and I love a challenge and I've wanted to do something like this for such a long time, but I, I, I never pursued it because I didn't know what to do or where to go. And suddenly this wonderful man uh, lands on my doorstep. And we just hit it off. And um, the last song we did a couple of weeks ago, he goes, we have to write an opera, an opera. He goes, I cannot believe you are standing here in my studio singing like a fucking 20 year old. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, your tenor is so great. He goes, it's ridiculous. He goes, you send me a tape and I'm thinking, nah, he's not really doing it. But here you are singing and I'm looking at you, listening to you. Right. And it's different when you're in the room and it's you're proving. And we're having such we're having such a blast. We're having such a blast. So I think this year it may very well see the light of day in some form. We want to do a showcase, but we want to bring in the orchestra and do it the real way and and present it that that way because there's no other way to present it. And and it's huge. It's it's scary huge. But but the type of music it is, uh, it's not opera per se, it's like movie soundtrack stuff. So there's stuff that sounds like an old Western, there's a vampire song in there, there's stuff that you could put on the Vikings uh, uh, Netflix series. So it moves around. And of course, he picked the wrong person because I just love going down that road into (laughs) old, old Hollywood and all of that old classic stuff. And it's just, and he gives me free reign and he goes, what are you going to do with this? He goes. And then sometimes he'll stop and he goes, ah, you didn't hear the violin there, did you? Now listen, now listen. You hear them now? And he goes, no. And, and it's in and out and it's just, oh man, it's such a blast. It's so such a blast. Are you guys gonna, you know, I know it's mostly for licensing and placement, but you talked about performing some of it live. Um, would you release it sort of as like a special EP of something? I think, I think, I think it'll be more than an EP. I think it'll be a whole album. Um, oh, cool. And I think, I think obviously you get a soundtrack then it may become part of that or um, uh-huh. we're, we're figuring, trying to figure that out, but there's so much of it. And um, um, it's almost, it's almost not cohesive, but it is because this it's, it's my voice, but I move around a lot all over the place and I do a lot of stuff with my voice that I wouldn't normally do and I even whistle on one of them and I was just messing around in the studio because it sounded like um, it sounded like a tribal uh, um, pipe and he goes what is that what are you doing that and I went oh it's just me I said I just hear this melody over this part of he goes I already recorded it. Now do it again. It's great. We're keeping it. <laughs> oh my God. He's so awesome. and it, it actually ended up like this old sort of Western type, you know, out in the dust bowl. And 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 and, and basically the crux of the song is um is about uh the sort of the the Wrangler, the, the cow hand. Who, oh, cool. has to take his, who has to take us, it's an old movie, it's tried and tested, has to take his cattle, you know, a hundred miles, and he goes and sells the cattle and he makes the money and he's dying to get back home to his loved one or loved mm-hmm. ones, but because he is cash in hand, he keeps, he keeps, yeah, he never gets, so it's, I'm still a thousand miles and far from home. He never gets there. He never actually gets home Aww. because 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 he needs to get home and start the next job. But the, you know, there's too many bars and whoring and all sorts of stuff. Right. So he never actually he never actually gets home. And that's kind of what the song is about. And he's kind of he's kind of lost in his in his 
lost it himself, basically. He wants to go home. He's desperate, but he just too many distractions. <laughs> That's so interesting that you're doing that. I would love to hear your vocals with some orchestral things. Yeah, it's, that's it, really cool. It's a blast. It's really, I mean, I'm so excited about it. It has to come out, you know, so anyway, I, think I digress seeing there a that live, No, I love that. But seeing that live would be awesome. With an oh, yeah. I, think it would, I think it would be really awesome. I mean, it, everybody loves like metal and rock singers with orchestra stuff. They do. I mean, it's, it's huge yeah. in Europe, the symphonic rock and metal. Oh. Yeah, I'm totally. I, are you into Nightwish? You must love all of those singers. Oh yeah, for like 20 years now. <laughs> oh my God, they're just yeah. they're just so awesome. Exactly. So I mean, I'm like your voice is so suited for something like that. But it's always nice to be able to branch out and explore as well, and, and not be pigeonholed into one area and have new areas to explore vocally. You mentioned recording, like so. He's Italian. Do you go to Italy to do the recording? Do you have a home studio at all? Mm, I don't know. I do. I can. I can demo here at home easily. Um, but I go to his house. He has. He has a studio built in his house, and it's like. He just, wow, that's so it's, cool. It's just great. Yeah, and that's and I live. I live. Um, I live. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with like Simi Valley? kind of yeah yeah so i i live there and max is he's 20 minutes from me he lives oh okay so he's not like he lives, a, he lives in studio city you know oh okay easy he lives in studio city and uh, i'm going boom. that's and, great that's so close uh, that you guys can do it's that it's great it's great yeah oh i can't wait we definitely have to keep everybody updated on that i know you will you know, no i will i will yeah. because I'm, I'm too excited about it not to <laughs> Um, so with all the solo stuff, do you have any live plans based around either your solo album or Black Swan coming up? Yes. So Frontiers have decided to um, uh, start up their their festival series again. I think they already may have done some in in, in Sweden already at the cool. the latter end of last year. And so Milan is on the books. I've already been contacted to perform. And I'll, I'll the, the band is mostly out of uh, Italy. That's okay. on the record, on both, both solos. Um, and um, we'll use the same band and hopefully because we'll be rehearsed, we can carry on and do other shows. And I love those guys. Um, I kind of, in as much as I could with uh, Alessandro, I said, hey, when we start this record, I absolutely have, have to have same drummer, same guitarist. And he goes, no, 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 they're dying to do it. And Andrea Cerveso plays guitar on, on the first one on Standing on the Edge, on this one, he's, he's awesome. His, his sense of melody, he's, 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 he just doesn't overplay. He gives you exactly, and he goes, do you like this? And it's just, it's just great. I love it. And Nicholas is just a powerhouse drummer. He brings the thunder and plays exactly the right kind of stuff. And of course, Alessandro is like stupidly talented because, you know, he's a great singer. He doesn't sing anything on this one, but he's a great singer, plays bass. Um, he plays keys, engineers, produces, and he just had a baby. I don't know where he found time. He just had a baby at the beginning wow. of the year. And I have absolutely no idea how he found time to do that because he works on almost every single band that's on the Frontier label. And it's, wow. it's insane. But, but he does. And um, while doing all of that and working on so many different uh, other artists and bands, he manages or together we managed to make my record not sound like the rest of them. And, and that's kind of what we like. That's amazing. Uh, and, and it's easy to do that because, you know, Frontiers wants me to stay classic rock. They don't want me to go too much to the left or too much to the right. So, we, but we put a little bit more guts and, you know, meat and potatoes into this one. And nobody said anything so far. <laughs> they all said they like it. So that's good. That's well, it's going over very well. Like it's really great. It's really great music. I'm really enjoying what I've heard so Thank far. You. And um what I what I wanted to ask you about your live stuff, you know, I'm always curious what singers prefer to do for their listening environment. You mentioned earlier very briefly like in sound check you're checking your in-ears. So is that how you prefer to do things? The in-ears, do you only use in-ears? Do you ever have floor monitors? Do you <clears> like, <throat> you know? I used like to. I used to um 
long, long time ago. Um, and um, you've never been on stage with Michael Schenker, have you? <laughs> no. Well, <clears throat> there is no 10 on his amps. There, it just goes way, way past that. <laughs> and, and Michael is an amazing guitar player, but he's very, 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 very uh, picky and very specific about his sound. And aesthetically, his stage setup um, is, is suited that he has hot spots. He has his sweet spot everywhere on the stage. He has a particular measurement from the front of his cabs to where wow. that first, to where that front first monitor is for this particular solo, where that particular solo, where I'm going to be for this because I need to get this sound and I need to be here. So there's there's markings all over the stage for where he needs to be for whatever song. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a singer and you have two wedges up front, um, you're just going to fall over and break your neck because because sure as hell he has he has an effects pedal right behind you. <laughs> so you're like I walking like the, over I all this stuff. You're right. And so I remember I remember when I used to sing only with the with the with the wedges. Mm -hmm. I'd be over singing all the time because you just can't hear yourself. Yeah, you, so loud. you can't you can't fight you you cannot fight the instruments on the stage. You can't. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Oh, oh yeah, the acoustic like drum set is setting the bass volume for everyone, and then the guitar players, you know, and then you're just plus, just plus the drums are nine times a ten on a very high riser, right? And if you were to look at the stage setup, it all the cymbals, all the hi hats, everything is probably at the same height of where your mic ends up. So if you're only working on wedges, everything that's coming from here is now going through your microphone coming back through your wedges. And so you have to fight with that, it's not a chance. And so I, I used to blow my voice all the time. And, and you know, you're out doing a tour and it's show number one and you're going, oh Jesus, you know, I have six shows this week and this is just the first one. Right, that's a bad <laughs> that, situation. That is not a good situation. So um, when in-ears were introduced to me I went oh my god where have you been <laughs> it's such a difference oh my god and I know people who will not use them they just go no it seems weird to me and I'm going well you just be weird I'll use them okay yeah I love it I love it because you can get with you know just you can get the, the studio set up in your ears and 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 you know where your place is and it's just and I went let let the let the pack do the work. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, when, whenever I even recommend, actually, a couple years ago, I started recording after like twenty years of, of like losing my hearing and stuff. But with like, um, I was always using cans to record vocals, you know, right. like these. But then I started doing uh, this a lot. A one off, yeah. And um, I've lost a. a I, I don't have very as good of hearing in my left ear anymore. Hmm. And I think it's because I was always turning that up, you know. And and so one thing I started doing was recording with in-ears now. Because you know, uh -huh. you're, not, you're not mixing, you know. You yeah. don't really need it. You're not mixing up. You're, you're recording your vocals. That That's going to be by someone else later. So you don't need these, like, studio-level things. So you can yeah. use your in-ears from stage and just plug them in instead. And I find that what it does is similar as the stage, you know, it helps you manage your volume a lot because it's, it's going in your ear. So it's blocking out some, not much, but even some of your inside face volume, which really helps. And you can actually hear like, I can actually record quieter as well, not just on stage. And yeah. I think it's saving my, what, what I have left of my ear. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what I found is, um, and there's a few singers that, that I've worked with on stage and, and they always say, you don't look like you're singing. Yet, there's all of this power coming out. And I said, I think, I think for me, and just for me, with the, the continuous use for now for so long within the years, I've learned how to project and project with power. And mm. so I don't have to go, you know, create create the facial expression like I'm 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 like I'm I'm bursting blood vessels everywhere, you know. Um and it's projection. It's projection and allowing a good mic and good ears to do the work. And and that way you're able to control your pitch. You're able to control what's going on 
in your vocal cords, bring it up from the chest and just shoot it right out there, get it out of there. And, and, and it works, it works for me. And the only time it doesn't work if I'm tired and then I might be going, okay, now I have to, I have to dig deep. And, and I know my way through, through the forest. If mm -hmm. I'm having a, a night where I'm going, <clears throat> you know, I know, I know where to go that I'm not going to hurt myself. And for general Joe public, and I hate to put them into that category, they, I, I, I'll defy it for them to tell the difference because I, I know where to go. <laughs> well, this and that's is important very, vocally yeah. to me. It's very important to know your way through the woods. <laughs> it, it's very important to note that though too, because um, a lot of people listening to this podcast are are people that take lessons with me or who are who are learning to sing and learning from yeah. what you guys are saying. And uh, I think that's so important to remember is the audience is not musicians. The musicians are on stage. Yeah. Uh, like so, like uh, okay, yeah, you got the one guy in the audience, you know, but yeah. uh, like the one, uh, you know, only one in ten thousand people have perfect pitch. So you got the one guy over there that's yeah. like, you actually you sang a B flat when it was. Yeah. Be a he, you know, but like you know, you know, there's one guy always. But other than that, mo nobody's like that. The rest of the audience isn't even musicians, you know. So the overwhelming majority of the people you're performing for can't hear all of those details, and that's the whole point. Is we're sort of like magicians putting on a show, mm -hmm. a sleight of hand. You know, mm -hmm. we have techniques that we're using to make it seem like it's always the yes. same. You know, yeah. yeah. And it's it's important to. Um... It's important to know that if you are, if you get into a little trouble, what to do, how to get out of it without, without blowing your, your, your voice. Uh, because I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking when I'm in a show, uh, there's a show tomorrow and there's a show the next day. So I'm always pacing without undermining the level of performance for the show, night after night. I'm always thinking about tomorrow night. And I'm yeah. always thinking about a part a part of any one particular song. I'm going, okay, this one, uh, this one is a ball cruncher, right? And uh, and then I'm thinking, okay, 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 okay. So I'm 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 already mapping it out, you know, given a new set of elements on a new stage. I'm already mapping it out as I'm going through it, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so important though it's not just magic it's not just running up there and doing whatever you want <laughs> no it isn't it isn't it's just i'm always i'm always in the show it's really important i have a blast but i'm always in the show i'm always um you know um, you're never going to see me you know doing somersaults that's never going <laughs> but you're mentally very present you know very 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 yeah it's important mm -hmm. it's important because at the end of the day it's entertainment and it's a show. And for me, I love to be entertained. I think it's super, super important. I don't want to be sitting there going, well, this is not much good, is it? <laughs> I, I want mean, to be entertained. It circles back to the whole thing about like people are paying for a show. We are entertainers. It is our yes. job to entertain. Yes. Yeah. We and, don't have to and, do that job. <laughs> yeah. And given, and given those scenarios, you have a responsibility, I think to perform and yes. to give them that show. I think it's your, it's, it's mutual responsibility. When I look around, I see some singers who look like they don't give a shit. It's like, going, dude, yes. present yourself, man. This is your job. This is what you do. Even here in Vegas, um, I'll see some of the people who are performing like every night and really doing the grind. Yeah. And some of them will start to look bored. And I'm like, no, you know, because like, <laughs> oh, that's don't do funny. that. Don't that start to look funny. bored. I dare you be bored in front of me. Yes. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, uh, you know, I come from metal where it's like we cannot look bored. The audience will absolutely throw a fit if we look bored, you know, and and uh, even for covers and stuff, it's just not going to, you know, so um, I see some people who do that. They kind of start to give up. But um, like I keep saying, whether it's your own music, you've played a bunch of times on tour or some or whatever, it doesn't matter for the people watching you. That may be the only time they're ever going to see you. So could be. I'm glad to hear that. That's your thousandth time, you know. Uh, yeah, no, that is it's super important. So, 
as we conclude here, I just want to say, um, what's what else is coming from this album? You've got a couple videos out now. Uh, right. Are we expecting any more to come from this record? Um, well, we'll have a third single on the drop date with the with the with the actual release on the seventeenth. We'll have, I think, we're going to go with the big power ballad now. I love power ballads. You know, I, was, I remember when we were selecting. They said, "Okay, we should we go a different route this time." And not give them the power ballad because you know everybody knows you for the power ballads, and and I'm going, yeah, you know me, I like to do something different. Give them something different. So they were, we were picking songs, and then they went, power ballad's good though, <laughs> and uh, and I and I said, you know, you know, let's do the power ballad because you know there's another nine tracks on there. You can you can we can always send them out there, whatever you know. Um, is this album getting a J Japanese release as well? Yes, and on the Japanese release, we, we, um, uh, we. I'm sorry, we chose, we chose the. Oh, that's my son. I'm going to tell you a little, a little story. Yes. Um, my son Casey, beautiful. Look at these. Look at you these. perform oh, with him, right? Yes, Did I read that? Yes, and he sings on my record. What does so is he a singer? Does he play other instruments? He's a great guitar player. Mm -hmm. he's a great guitar player he's a great singer and he just loves being in the studio with me and i love having him in the studio oh. and so he sings on all the black swan records wow and, and jeff pilson has a blast with him and um jeff will always say casey's singing on this right <laughs> that's so <laughs> I said, cool yeah i think he'd be really disappointed if he's not um he wanted to play some rhythm guitar on this record but he just didn't have the time he takes his emt nationals on wednesday he wants to yeah he's very How cool yeah and and he's been up every single night over the weekend i'm going to digress here a little bit but i'm so proud of him um so um he has a fiance and she for years has always been able to train pigs wow okay so, right? i didn't know people could do that until, until i until i met lexi so they've been up every night this weekend and last night was a major deal up until 5 a.m this morning or something so they have six peggies and they live in ohio and all the there's like six mommies giving birth and they have tons of piggies this morning that's so cute oh, oh my god and god. you should see these things and they're sending texts throughout the night and and uh they're freezing their asses off. Oh, it's got to be cold right now. Freezing, yeah. freezing. Mm -hmm. But they've got all of these great big pens and all these hot lamps, and and they're out there. With, anyway, the, because that was him. That was him. So he's probably telling me, Dad, there must be 4,000 pigs here now. <laughs> anyway. That is so cool. And well, anyway, well, does he ever play live with you? Will he ever um, play he, live with you? You know, he used to come up uh at the rock vault he played at the lvh he played at the oh. tropicana and i used to always get the um i used to always get the acdc stuff um and he would always come out and play on highway to hell and when doug aldridge was in the show doug would go don't look at me dude you're playing you get out there oh, that's doug cool. would really push him way out the front and he goes get out there and slay this thing and howard lease of course was there he goes casey casey's playing right whenever he was in 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 town with us and and uh he just loves it he just loves it that's i think that's really cool that you guys have been able to share that music yeah. together like yeah. that and he's a twin he's a twin my son jamie um my son jamie is home he just graduated uh uh bachelor's in psychology just before christmas wow yeah they they got it from me no <laughs> yes they did <laughs> <laughs> yes they did <laughs> and that's what we're going to tell them you know yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. so well, so um cool. yes there is there is getting back to the record there is an acoustic version there's always a bonus track for the japanese release yes always so um we did uh, a really beautiful acoustic version of the ballad oh um, neat. which is which is can't go on it's called and um it's it's really really nice and we do the same with the Black Swan stuff, and and Reb just gets in there, and, and of course Mr. Melody, when he gets on his acoustic guitar, is just like, <laughs> it's just awesome. And you know, a good song is a good song is a good song, and if it sounds good on the acoustic guitar, it's a great song. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know it's great. The progression just holds up by itself, yeah. right? 
So. Yeah, so I'm really excited about the record. Um, there's a, a good selection of of, of, of songs. Um, we had a blast writing it. Um, where can you know, um, where can people follow you if they want to? So I have official official uh, Facebook page. Um, nice. Um, Robin McCauley official. Same on Instagram. Same on Twitter. Um, I'm all over Spotify. You can check it all out on YouTube. And of course, if you go to Frontiers SRL, um, you'll see all of the links for ordering. So should you so desire. Um, and I really appreciate it. It's, um, I thought I'd be retired by now, but um, I'm not done. <laughs> and music is music you know uh yeah. i don't i don't know do you retire from being a musician you know yeah i'm and my wife always says please don't say that because you'd be just a pain in the ass if you were home you're doing nothing you need your music you need your music keep doing your music till you can't do it anymore yeah amen to that thank you so much robin for being on the, the podcast i love it thank you so much that wraps up this episode of the voice hacks podcast Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show.